everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. What's up? How's it going? That was so good. That was perfect timing. And of course, like all the dogs right now are just going crazy. <laughs> They're like, yeah, she wants yeah. us actually. No time. I sat down. They immediately, like, the dog bed's halfway across the floor right now. I'm sure the phone will get knocked over at least once, too. Listen, that's okay. My dog's in here, too. You'll hear her because she breathes like a 600-pound man. (laughs) (laughs) I I hear that with them, too. Yeah, I don't know why. She's not that big, but she breathes like she weighs 600 pounds. Screaming. Yes, you know. <laughs> yes, right. Well, what is up? My, I'm Townsend. We've actually not met before. No, yeah. So it's so nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I was just saying, I love all your stories, and I feel like they truly just make my day. Seeing your story scroll across, and it's always the cutest videos of your dogs, and that's kind of what got you all this attention, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I got. Milo, October of, I think, 2019, and then uh, some months later, um, quarantine happened. There's a big shutdown here, and so I just, like, had, was bored, going crazy in my house, like, out of work for two months, and I just posted, like, a random video of Milo, and, like, people loved it, and I was like, oh, that was kind of funny. I just posted another random one, and they kept loving it, and I'm like, People were like, we want more Milo, we want more Milo. And so it was pretty cool just uh, seeing that develop and then also being able to, you know, use my own voice for for things I felt passionate about, you know, mental health in general, men's mental health, um, a a lot of social justice too, and and just the good vibes that they bring because Milo and Moose have helped me through so much. Yeah, I love it so much. That is so amazing. Yeah, like I said, I've got a big golden retriever. And I actually ended up with her. Um, a friend couldn't take care of her anymore. Kind of short, long story short, I ended up with her. And I thought, man, I don't really need a dog right now. And now she's like my best friend. It's the best thing. And they uh, they always come at that like perfect timing too, you know, or they just help you out where you need them. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah. It, I wish everybody had the mindset of a golden retriever because oh. every morning is like a pool full of tennis balls. Every morning. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, Milo, he's so ornery. He sleeps under my bed. So he actually will crawl under the bed. Oh. Like the first thing I hear in the morning is like his nail scratching. <laughs> he's pulling himself from out underneath the bed. Then I hear Moose's tail start wagging. And it is crazy. I'm just like, all right, it's go time. Look, right, time to get up. You're up, yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, where are you from? So I'm in. I'm here in Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland. Yeah. Hey, I've not had anybody from Cleveland on here. Hey, there we go. There you go. You're the first. I love oh. it. Okay, so we kind of talked about how you got to be so well known. So pretty much just happy videos. People are dying to see happy stuff. But who is Noah like? Where are you from? What got you into dogs? You know, that's, uh, it, it's been super interesting, like, uh, like just how you brought that up. Because when I first started, you know, I'm just putting uh, videos of Milo out. And um, just naturally, it, it was like a lot of our interactions because he's got just a ton of personality. And um, I started just seeing like part of the draw was like, not just like uh, 
the pup, but like actually the like showing the relationship between us two. And so it's been like, it's been pretty cool because I've learned a lot about myself, you know, through it all and, and how I relate to him. Um, like I said, grew up here in the Cleveland area. Um, and it wasn't until I went to, I always kind of, I always was an anxious child. Like I hear stories about it and I remember, you know, back then didn't know it as anxiety. I'm just like, this is the way things are, you know, this is just me. And I got to college, um, and it was probably my college years that I realized, you know, this is a real thing. Like mental health is a real thing. You can't, you can't ignore it. Um, you got to face it. And especially in, um, the male community and um, I, w I played sports in college and the athletic community, you know, it's always, you know, be, be strong, like be bulletproof, you know, and all of this. And um, I realized that that was the exact opposite of really what being strong is. Um, there's strength and, and vulnerability and, and facing things head on. So um, obviously I didn't wake up one day and was like, had this revelation. I'm like, Oh, I got it now. You know, I went through some tough things. I lost my father when I was, uh, 19 and I really think that was uh, the thing that propelled me into really like I had no choice uh, you know when you're at that rock bottom place you have no choice but to but to pay attention to what's going on pay attention to yourself so I had an awesome support system throughout college my family's always there um, my mom's in a uh, nonprofit, and you know she we grew up just explaining your emotions and <laughs> everything like that so uh, now it's just been incredible to see because, you know, I just started speaking about things that are just on my heart and I'm like, I'll just be vulnerable with this. And, you know, I didn't set out to be like a, a, a spot. I don't consider myself like a mental health expert or anything like that. You know, I just, there's so much power in sharing our own unique stories. So. Absolutely. I love it. You're so well-spoken. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I could listen to you for days. You should start a podcast or something. Don't can't say that if you tell my family that they're like, oh, we'll talk forever don't let them <laughs> don't tell them that <laughs> don't do that you're gonna make his head really big yeah so the reason i reached out like i said i followed you for a while and here recently you posted a little video and a picture just kind of talking about how you'd suffered with some depression going on that you had had anxiety in the past and that sometimes you just got to put the dogs up you got to kind of clean focus on cleaning the slate and i thought i need to chat with him because one i feel like um i've had an african-american female on and they said like in the black community it's just something that's not really chatted about not that it is much in the white community either right. but um obviously something that i want to know more about because i wasn't in that community so i was so excited about that and then you add on top of that male which we all know especially down here in the bible belt it's like rub uh, some dirt in it rub some dirt yeah. in it be, be a man <laughs> you know and so i feel like especially here in the south guys are known like you said man up and don't talk about your feelings yeah like and you're only allowed to be angry absolutely that's like the one emotion you know that that you get that's your freebie <laughs> i think yeah which is a scary thing it's sad it's a sad thing it is very, I really think our generation is coming up and showing so much awareness. I feel like it's getting a lot better, but I was so excited that you were willing and so, so friendly uh, and to hop on here and chat about it. So I'm excited. Um, yeah. So I actually just came to the realization myself um, 
is like an aha moment. I, I went through a ton of stuff. You can find it on my page. I'm not going to chat about my story. I want to hear about yours, but all these losses, everything kind of got swept under the rug for me in about 2016, which started this platform. Um, and after talking with friends, literally the past year, I was like, huh, I think I was an anxious kid. Like yeah. I literally thought anxiety started when all that happened. But yeah. like, the more you think back, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, I have been anxious my whole life, I think. Yeah, you see, and you're like, wait, like, you, you didn't have those thoughts when you were eight? You didn't have yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Literally, you just don't know. You're too young to verbalize it, and then you get older, and you're like, wait, that's not normal? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what does, let's talk about now, like, as an adult, what does anxiety look like for you typically now? I think uh, one of the biggest things, like, I've, um, I'm, I'm very interested, like, and I'm, I'm very committed to, like, understanding myself um, and knowing more about myself. I wish I was as good at applying what I need to do uh, to, to, you know, get out of certain places as I am at knowing, like, I'll know when I'm in a phase or doing this or doing that, and I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, that's a great start. Like, let's work on it now. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like the first step. But I mean, anxiety for me and off of that is I've learned that it just looks like so many different things. Like every single day, it can look different. Every single kind of stage, it can look differently. Um, one of the biggest ways I, I see it now is I get kind of like, and, and I talked about this a little bit, and I was once again like amazed at how many other people, you know, feel this too. And, and a lot of this can be tied in with depression too, but I'll get like little moments of like, uh, like just like paralysis like i'll think about so many quote unquote so many things in my head that i need done or i need to do whether it's even like oh i got a couple calls missed calls a text or a, a message box something like that and so in order to help with my anxiety i'll, I'll do none of those things <laughs> and, and then i'll like blink and i'm like i've been sitting here and i and honestly for me i will literally like sit for hours like sometimes people be like what are you doing i'm like sitting They're like oh what are you watching i'm like no i'm i'm si i'm sitting <laughs> like i'm sitting and and that's something i've learned and um like when i'm in that kind of when i'm in that space like i'll kind of will set like a timer it's just one little thing and at, even if i don't you know answer the bell so to speak and get up and start being active after that it keeps me uh i think aware of of where i'm at so i'm not drifting off in, in, into forever and um, normally after that little time, you know, you, you, the thing about anxiety is it, it's a lie. So it builds up these things that you're like, oh my gosh, it's so hard, so hard to do. And when you finally do it, you're like, oh, I felt, I feel so much better. Why don't I just do that? <laughs> you know, but unfortunately with uh, mental health, it's, it, it's not that simple as just, as just doing. So understanding is huge for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another thing with um, becoming an adult, like I said, being self-aware, talking to friends. One of the best things I ever did was reach out to a counselor, therapist, and it was, there was so much insight. I feel like I've got a pretty level head on my shoulders. I read a lot. I tried to do everything right. I ate healthy. I exercised. I slept well or tried to, and nothing helped, you know, so nothing's more frustrating than people being like, well, just eat healthier. You're like, mm. A walk. It's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Go outside. It'll help you. Yeah. And I, like, and I think, all, 
uh, in the in the beginning too is like I noticed that too, especially from like an athletic, like a sports background or, or working at anything. You're like, if I want to get better, I'm gonna work at it. So I'm like, okay, I'm depressed and I have anxiety, so I'm gonna work at it. I'm gonna do all those things that they're saying to do, and then you're doing it. Um, it, it it's not a it's not a one plus one equals two formula. So you can like, yeah, I've lost the love for a lot of things, and I'll have to step away from it and be like. I'm not treating this um, exercise escape as an escape. I'm doing it as like a, a check in a box. So, yeah. That's a good way to put it. You know, I looked up before we start talking, just kind of curious how many people struggle with it. And they were talking about how 40 million people struggle with an anxiety disorder in a single year. And then I found this was crazy. 322 million people have depression crazy it's just getting higher and higher with social media getting to be so prevalent and that's all you're just being fed all this stuff all the time so depression and anxiety are just skyrocketing with our society and people telling you got you got to be productive all the time like rest is just i don't know people don't people don't believe in rest anymore which is a recipe for disaster for sure <laughs> so do you do you struggle with like panic attacks or just like a constant state of anxiety or yeah i've never um i my for, for my anxiety doesn't necessarily affect me in the way of a, of a panic attack um but mine's just kind of like i've learned like that like i have my, my quote-unquote normal is like there's that under like it like if you think of an iceberg like i'm here and i always just have this under the water this huge amount of anxiety I'm like, oh, that's my normal, you know? And so I, I think I, I tended to function decently well with, with my anxiety. Um, it was just after the fact, like I'd, I'd be so drained, you know? Um, I even remember being like, even in, yeah, like we said, you look back at a time and you're like, oh, I was an anxious kid. Like I remember in middle school, I got um, ulcers from being so nervous. And like, I actually got, yeah, some stomach ulcers and, and just things like that and just, overthinking and I've gotten so normal with it like it, it's my normal that it's just like oh yeah like okay wow you're you're not anxious like that so mine doesn't necessarily present as a panic attack I'll just um I feel like I always have a certain amount of anxiety and then um you know certain situations can bring that up or I'll just kind of like I'll know um at certain times if it's really uh really heightened so sure what do you like sometimes for me like anxiety is something like I said I thought I dealt with recently but apparently it's been a lifelong um journey and I feel like as a kid I was a perfectionist like I, I had to make the best grades and I had to be the best on the team and I had to do everything the best I could um and I realize now that's a little bit of anxiety um yeah. so as an adult I have to address that perfectionism because I still have it like I just go, go, go. And like I said, people don't prioritize rest. So I have to make that a priority for myself. Um, but oddly for me, things trigger my anxiety. And like a lot of times I know what those triggers will be. So I'll try to avoid them or prepare for them. Like, can you sense yours coming on? Yeah, I definitely, I, I will say I, I can, but I'll notice that uh, the people closest to me can sense them too. And um, my mom's pretty like hands off, but like she'll, like when I'll, I'll be venting to her, telling her I'm feeling, she'll be kind of like, well, you know that this is happening, you know that this, and like, uh, for me, even like 
being sick is something that can really trigger my anxiety because there's a long story, but a, a certain a part of my time where I was uh, of my life where I was very sick in and out of the hospital for like eight, eight months. And um, I grew up seeing my dad very sick. So anytime I get sick, um, I, I will kind of go to maybe the more emotionless side because I'm trying to, you know, deal with that and, and protect myself. Um, even like seasonal depression is so very, very real. And here in Ohio, it turns gray for, for months. Um, so every win winters are very, very tough for me. Um, those are extremely hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thousand percent. Sad seasonal affective disorders. For real. Um, when I go to work and it's dark and I come back home and it's dark, it is hard. You feel like you're playing, like I grew up playing the Sims. And I'm like, am I a sim right now? Like, I'm just being, like, simulated throughout my day. I'm just, like, going through the motions. I'm like, this yeah. is more, is it just, like, my little, yeah. The oh sun is never out. I need sun. <laughs> no, yeah, it's... all you want to do is, like, cuddle up in a blanket, and so you're not active at all. Yeah, it's terrible. I love the summer. Because anxiety is tiring, too. And I think that's something that people don't always talk about is, like, it if you're i think about it like kind of like um it, like a heart rate you know if your normal heart rate's at whatever 60 or something like that then you tackle on anxiety and you think my heart rate is at like 120 130 your brain and your body's just working and working it's it's tiring which yeah. makes you want to curl up in a blanket like I, i'm the same way and then it, that adds to it too if you're not obviously being active and yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you address that. Okay, so that's something I've tried to verbalize to friends like, okay, so I play music. Um, I'm a musician. I play pretty oh, much. Do I? I said, I've seen your stuff. It's awesome. I was just watching your post of uh, the kid that came on stage there. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I've never had somebody hop on stage mid song. Um, and I've decided when I talk about it, I'm not going to mention that he was four. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to make it seem like I had a stage hopper, you know, like I'm that kind of a deal. You know? <laughs> but yeah, so the being tired, I'm glad you addressed that because that's something like for me. So I play shows a lot of nights of the week. They're late. But for me, I have stage fright and I've done it a thousand times, but it still makes me very anxious. It gets me worked up like your stomach's all churning. Your heart rate is very high. You can only focus on that one thing. And then you work, 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 work. You're sweating. And people don't understand, like, the next day, I don't want anything. Yeah, like, I'm spent. Yeah, you're wiped at that point. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't understood that. And it's hard to explain if you've not experienced that. Or even if I go through something that makes me extremely anxious and I spend a week dreading it and it comes and I get it over with, I'm spent the next day at least. Yeah. Cause I feel like part of it so much is like processing it too, you know? Cause like, if you have that anxiety, like we're processing it before it happens exactly like you just said while it's happening. And then after I'll be like, Oh my God, like I'm processing what the, there's like a, um, I forget what it's from, but it was like this, this sound that was around the internet. And it was like, people like they put away dishes and like do like do one small task. And then it was like this sound. It's like, Oh my gosh, what a day. It's like this great accent. And that's that's what it can feel like. It's like, oh my gosh, like I looked at my voicemails today and I'm just like, 
like I need to decompress from that like no more. yeah literally it yeah I, just people don't understand it's like the best way to describe it is there's always at least 20 things going on in my mind at one time and one of them is whatever I'm dreading and it's almost like you obsess over it like if I've got something let's say traveling traveling spikes my anxiety for me so I'm going to be traveling Friday. So all week, it's like on the back of my head and my mind is just like tick, 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 tick. the entire week, plus all of my daily routine things, plus playing music, plus playing, you know. Yeah. And that's a hard thing, too, is like when it when it hit and that goes back to, I think, how we think about rest, even how I'm saying that. But it's like when that's happening, it's like you're like, well, I still have my I still have to do today. Like just because I'm anxious doesn't mean I like today goes away, like I still have more things today, then you'll think even like, which is where I struggle with rest sometimes. I'm like, if I rest today, I'll be more anxious tomorrow because I didn't get my stuff done. So like, you're in this hamster wheel of, of back and forth of, of you know, your, your anxieties playing, um, all these things that you have, your daily task, and then you're like, well, I can't rest. Like, I'm just gonna get more anxious, which makes you more anxious. Yeah, like there's like not enough time in the day for sure yeah. for anything, especially for anxiety. We don't have time for it. Get right. out of here. And if there was more time, I would spend it sitting. So <laughs> I'm not going to probably use it on sitting. Okay. I feel like you're connecting a lot of dots for me. Literally, I come home and like if I have a free moment, I can sit on the couch in silence yeah. and nothing. Stare I'm at a wall. I've like fallen in love with like this art of sitting. <laughs> it, yes. it, it, it has been, um, a lot of it has been therapeutic too, because it's like uh, almost like a I, lazy meditation. Um, but like with it, with anxiety, as you know, you have so much going on in your mind. It's like a highway of freeways going on. And then I just can sit and I'm just like, I'm just here. Like, I'll, this paralysis might hopefully doesn't last forever, but it's kind of a nice little like um, I forget there's a word for it that someone had actually messaged me and, and told me I'm forgetting, but yeah, where you're just like that little escape and yeah. and I was always super like around. I, I think part of it is I was afraid to be alone with myself too because of uh, depression, anxiety, and so I was like always doing stuff, always with people. Um, and I'm like, I'm an extrovert, 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 which I think I, I still have a large portion. I'll leave that man. He's like manhandling his toy right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm such an extrovert. I'm such an extrovert. And through COVID, through quarantine, I've learned, like, I think I'm an introvert. And I was just afraid of, of being alone. So I think that's a huge part of it, too. Wow. Yeah. See, for me, I am deeply introverted and so yeah. like going and playing music is exhausting yeah. and entertaining I love people love people dearly and again that's what started this like this platform but yeah. it's exhausting to me to entertain and so like I need a little rebound time and so funny you should say that I literally don't turn on the tv I don't remember the last time I turned it on and watched a whole show yeah. like I'll start it get like maybe seven minutes in it while I'm going to the bathroom, you know, whatever, sit on the couch, turn it off just to turn the noise off and sometimes just sit in total silence. And a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. We Congratulations. I, yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm glad I found someone who also sits. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I have free time, it's rare, but yeah. I've gotten to where 
just no TV, no cell phone. I just need silence for just a minute. Absolutely. Um, so what do you feel, you know, you named one of them, like working on those coping strategies and things like that. What are a couple of things you have found that work for you the best? And did you figure them out yourself or did you reach out for help to find those? Uh, so first I'll say most, I wouldn't have, I mean, I tried doing so much on my own and like, you have to do some on, on your own, but I mean, reaching out for help is the first thing I always say, like you have to do first because I even know, um, with myself, I've learned, um, like I said, I've, I'm learning to understand myself. I'm trying to work to apply it, but knowing like, um, and, and everyone's like, this is like, you're going to have highs and lows. So if I'm at a high point, I'm not going to be thinking, Oh, I need to get help now. But actually that's a huge part where I'm like, I want to get help because when I'm low, I'm not going to be in a place to set up steps. I'm not going to be in a place to have these, uh, healthy boundaries. So that's a huge place I go. Like when I'm feeling good is, is set up those steps with, friends with family um with, with doctors and i think my phone might go over the dog's shift to the <laughs> that was close i almost said all my phone down um but i think i saw it i don't remember where i saw it first it's a lot with like um like kind of the fashion influencers and, and and that like whole aesthetic like i'll look at their pages and i'm just like you scroll through the feed i'm like it's so clean i'm like how do you do this like mine's every I've never <laughs> once been that for aesthetics, but um, they will take a picture of like a room before and then a room after with their remodeling. And I actually started doing that um, because a lot with uh, the, the not so pretty side of, of anxiety and depression is like stuff can get messy because those little tasks are so hard. And it's not like a, oh, I need to clean my room. Like your house can be an absolute mess. And like no one wants to share that side too. And so what I'll do, um, I'll go into a certain part of the room because also with my anxiety, I think about the huge picture. I'm like, I gotta do this, 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 that. So I'm like, I'm gonna physically, this is my boundary. So like, it might be the couch. I'm like gonna take a picture of the couch. I'm gonna clean it. And then I take a picture after. And it's like a visual, like almost like a high five, like a thumbs up. And you're like, oh, I did make a difference. Like, even if it's something small, it's like a nice little encouragement. And I had posted that on my Instagram and, and people like loved it and, and they uh, tried it out. And it's something I know for me, um, you gotta be careful. You don't wanna do it as like a, how good can I make this look? It's just like, a, I'm gonna focus on this area first, clean it up. It's like, I made a difference, so. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people are saying they relate and all of those things and how much they love that you understand and get them. Um, so something that I learned that has been incredibly beneficial and I've actually used it for other people. I've been around having a panic attack and it's like 100 percent proof so far, but it's the five, four, three, two, one rule. So you do five things that you see. And yeah. so name that you do five things that, or four things that you hear three things that you feel two things that you smell and then one thing that you taste and so basically it's something to like ground you I guess we get so caught up in our thoughts in our head and like we talked about earlier there's always 20 things going and we obsess over the big picture and so it grounds you it just like brings you right back to your senses so I feel like that helps a lot for me I love that yeah yeah um and my my phone's like always full somehow always full 
So like if I went to take a picture, it's like phone full, I'd be like, oh my God. Right now, of course. Like, I'm more anxious. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. That is awesome. Okay. I know everybody that keep talking about these dogs. So let's show them, let's show them your dogs. Yeah, they're running back and forth. I can see them running around. Let me get mine. <laughs> I got one. I got two. Let's see if I can oh get Oh my gosh. Now Milo is only has one eye, right? Uh, Moose has one eye, yes. Moose. Yeah. Moose. Of course, all I got to do is call him and we just pile on. Um, oh, I love Moose it. Moose lost his eye to uh, a cataract. I, I rescued him when he was about four months old. What? We want to wrestle now. When he was four months old, and he had already lost it by then, so he lost it pretty, uh, pretty young. Wow, wow. Mine doesn't jump in my lap because she's large, but this is Bailey. This is uh, and you, of course, with the golden retriever, you put them on and they're smiling. Yeah, um, she just wants to touch always. That's her love. You know, I, I really want to get into something and work with like. Um, so maybe we should work on this and work with some psychologists and, and veterinarians and do like a love language for dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like that can help so many owners and like relating to your dog and like a bonding. Cause a lot of people would be like, how do you, how do you bond with your dogs? Do you have tips? And like, I feel like it's like with any person, you gotta like know them. <laughs> absolutely. Dogs have their own personality as do any animals. I have a cat too and she's, She's something else. Um, but yeah, so uh, my dog, so golden retrievers, which I had to research when I got her, because like I said, she just kind of fell into my lap, which has been the biggest blessing for me. They help with anxiety, depression so much. Um, they Dogs know when you need them. Oh, absolutely. It's so strange. They have like a sixth sense for that, but oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Saying that they're so in touch, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, Goldens have, like, uh, they're known to be pretty anxious. And so, like, they get super attached to their owner. And so when you leave the house, they start to get really anxious and separation anxiety. And so I'm like, I can relate, girl. I can right. relate. Like, me too. I want to stay home, too. <laughs> Literally, I miss you so much. I, I would tell that to Milo when I was working. I'd be like, I don't want to leave either. <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah yeah they've been yeah she's been amazing yeah i post pictures of her all the time on my feed and again like i see yours i comment on a bunch of your stuff but one of my favorite ones was when you took them swimming and they had their little life jackets on gosh they there's so they love open water like lakes even the ocean with the waves they love it and when it's like enclosed like a pool they just are like this isn't the water I know. Like, <laughs> they're just, it's completely foreign. And so, uh, yeah, I, I take them swimming to get them more comfortable, but they end up either on my shoulders or they're uh, floating on a float. I love it. Yeah. Um, I can't go too far. She loves to swim, but only if I'm in the water. And yeah. then if I can't touch, I'm <laughs> drowned because she will be on top of me. Yeah, I remember when I from that video when I when I uh, took them swimming, I had scratches everywhere just from them digging their claws in, and I'm like, I'm holding you. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally holding you. Yeah. Um, I do have to point out. Somebody said a lot of awesome things in this live stream. Not the least of which that is Townsend's hairs on point. I was gonna say that. I'm so 
happy they said that. I literally was going to be like, your hair is like, I don't know if it's the lighting, if you just came from like the stylist or something. But <laughs> Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I actually have nothing in it. This is how it wakes up and goes. All natural. All natural. Yeah, it's got these random curls in it, which it didn't have when it was long. I just had long hair. I cut it all off because of COVID. I was yeah. in healthcare, um, and it was just too hot. Too much. Yeah. Somehow these curls started. I'm not sure. <laughs> it, that's funny. Yeah, that with COVID, I grew out a beard for like the first time in forever, and I figured out I have about three blonde hairs that will grow in my beard. And I remember I was looking in the mirror. <laughs> like oh i got a milo hair and i'm like oh my that's not gray is it <laughs> three blonde hairs and i've always just been baby faced so i'm like where does that even come from <laughs> what is this i'm turning uh, into slowly but it's a shaggy dog i'm turning into milo i think <laughs> yeah. i i wish i could say mine were blonde but they pretty much just turn in gray <laughs> <laughs> i love it so we talked about this a little bit earlier but your dogs kind of provide the counseling for you. Have you ever sought counseling or therapy or has your family been that for you? Yeah, absolutely. All, all of the above. Um, counseling and, and therapy was, I think the, um, the most necessary, I think is the best way to describe it because it's, you get this um, biased professional way. And like, I mean, it, anyone who loves you is going to want the best for you. But I mean, if you're that close, like we have our biases, like we're not, like you can't be a, a doctor or someone, even if they are in their own field, a professional um, with, with therapy or mental health, it's, they're, if they're that close to you, they can only help you so much. So I just figured, I found a mix of it all is just so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, for me, um, it took a long time to get there. I don't know about you. Uh, I was also into sports. And so my mindset was I can fix this myself and that I did everything perfect. I worked out daily. I didn't eat anything that was out of a regimen. I only drank water. Like I gave up sodas, teas, any caffeine whatsoever. And it just didn't help. My, I was physically fit as a fiddle, but like mentally it was... I just couldn't get, and I read books after books after books and articles, but you just need, sometimes you just need that outside voice. Absolutely. And honest to goodness, it was worth going to hear professionals say, hey, you're not crazy. Right. Like literally that was the most, that made me feel worlds better. And you're like, I'm not some alien with this, like it, like, so, like you said with the, with the stat, like, how many of us that are fighting this is just—it's it, wild, you know. It, yeah, it's sad how many people are quiet about it, and um, I don't know. I I try to keep up on all the stories, and it just makes me so sad. There was a a pastor that was known for doing like mental health and telling people that they're not alone and depression and anxiety and all of these things. Well, all these people turned to him for help, and he ended up committing suicide. And I'm just like. Ah, we weren't meant to carry burdens by ourselves, and so him, not as a counselor, as a therapist, but just like a loving human, was trying to help all these people, but wasn't filling his cup, you know. And it just gets to be too much. Like your cup has to be full to spill into somebody else's, and so it's just so important to feed yourself somehow, whether through family or therapy or books, something. You have. Yeah, absolutely have to. Yeah, it's wild. Um, 
what somebody asked me um so i asked a bunch of people if they wanted to ask any questions and we got several of them a lot of them we had already planned on addressing anyway but one of them was can you tell the difference between your anxiety and your depression which i don't really know my thought on that so i did want to ask you that yeah that's an interesting question it's actually funny i've been um like once again like my mom's my go-to person and and like i'll tell her something like this and she's like you know, depression can show that way. You know, anxiety can show that way. Um, so I, I think uh, yes, yes and no. I think um, with our, he, he, this is always my cop-out answer for like anything. But I think we try to understand, like we have a human understanding. We're human. And we try to explain a lot of things that like aren't necessarily that black and white. You know, as humans, we're always trying to understand everything. It's like, this doesn't make sense, make it make sense. Okay, so we'll look at, this is anxiety, anxiety shows this way, this is depression, it shows this way, but you know, it doesn't operate like that. I think it can look like both and it can interchange, it can look so different, even like with all the developments they made on with like, um, with ADHD and like the high functioning and low, and how that shows in certain ways. Like, I remember when I was a kid, like I always thought ADHD is like the kid that's the most hyper and they're showing like, it's different ways where it could be like the calmest, quietest person in the room. So um, for me, I think my, if it, if it brings me um, some sort of like high paced stress or something, I think I noticed that's my anxiety can look a lot different for me. My depression is more, I become emotionless with that type of stuff. So I notice that I don't really feel my anxiety does that, but I, I definitely think my depression does, but there are, uh, they're nasty little monsters. They can present in so many ways. So. They really do. Absolutely. Um, so somebody said, do you more readily recognize someone who needs to help themselves now that you're more self-aware? Ironically enough, I had this conversation today. Oh, wow. What is your opinion on that? I feel like I'm, uh, I, I would say, I don't, I don't think I know necessarily who needs the health and self, but I think I can notice people who might be struggling with the same things that I've been through. I feel like there's a common understanding or just way you can be like, oh, like you've been through some stuff or oh, you've, so I think that's on more on the side I air. Moose, leave that. <laughs> Your dog, I just want to squeeze him. He's just, I'm, he's just sitting here. He's like loving life. His little tongue hanging out. He's like pretending he's an only child right now. Yeah, he is loving it. He's like the good old days, Dad. Don't you miss it? Don't you miss this? <laughs> it was just us. <laughs> just kick him out. I've like, been telling you. Leave the door open. Let him chew. <laughs> you don't love him, Dad. You uh, don't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, okay, so I feel like for me, um, my, like I said, in 2016, everything kind of fell apart. I feel like I've always been interested in mental health and interested in all of those things that go on because I've always been a deep thinker like way too much so honestly um like one person has one thing on their mind I have 20 going on I'm always multitasking and so for me diving into this and researching and being fed all this information and spreading this information I feel like I can have a conversation with somebody and immediately be like yeah you would yeah. benefit from counseling right absolutely uh, but I try not to push that on because that's not everybody's 
that's not going to be helpful for everyone. Everybody has their own way to do it. And like we talked about, maybe exercise will help you enough. Yeah. For me, that wasn't enough. I needed reassurance and I needed words of affirmation and like the athlete in you, I needed somebody to say, here's step one, two, three, go do this homework. I routine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something I've learned too, is that like, you know, you think of therapy, you think of one form, there's many types of professional help. Like there's mm -hmm. a tons of like, it's not always like talk therapy. Like that's a, a type of, of professional help, but there's so much out there. So I think not, uh, like that was huge for me, you know, like there are times, I feel like I'll go through times in my life where I'm like, I really need talk therapy and times in my life where I like, I need more of the accountability, like the check-ins and there's so much out there. So. Yeah. I love it. Um, I recently learned about in the past couple of years about EMDR. Do you know anything about that? Oh, what's that? Um, so EMDR, I forget. Uh, I'm sure somebody on here will come up with it, but it stands for something. And basically it's like, um, it retrains your brain. And oh. so like if you've had a traumatic experience, let's say they have two lights or two sensory things, or they can tap you on both sides. And so they retell the story. You can go about it different ways, but retell the story in a positive sense and tap you the whole time and then ask questions as they go along. And so enough of that, like retrains your brain and so something, yeah, something that helped me, it was a form of EMDR, but to help with stage fright was to replay the bad instances I have had or the people that had gotten in my head. Um, and so for a while I would stand in the bathroom for like a minute or two before a show and I would tap myself and just wow. think about that positive. And I really feel like it helped a lot. Absolutely, I love that. Wow. Yeah. Or into that, but. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's so many different ways that work for, for so many people. Like, I would love, like, I have something I, if I heard that, like, I'd be like, sign me up. Like, I'm all for it. Like, I'm game. Like, I would love to please retrain some things. Like, I go on, please. Like, please fix this. Yeah, it's, it, you should look into it. It's super interesting. There are, just like anything else, a million different ways to go about it. Obviously, you've got to be licensed to do such. Mine was very, very simple. Um, and it was, we just did it one or two times. And it literally, I feel like, helped tremendously for stage fright. Um, okay, here it is. Eye movement desensitization reprogramming. So basically, it's just like retraining your brain. And there's something about the movements while talking, while thinking about positive things. It like retrains that traumatic. It's really cool. I mean, that's huge. I mean, like it, it, with sports, you're saying it's visual, uh, visualize, uh, visualizing something, you know, everything like that. So I yeah. believe brain moves. Absolutely. All right. Uh, somebody said, I have a question. How can I help someone with anxiety? Oh, that's a great question. I think once again, I always, I feel like maybe I'm more passive, but always err on the, um, the well, first step is like, I think I'll actually say this with, with Milo and Moose is they never once tried fixing anything I have going on. Never once will try fixing it. Even if I'm super sick, they don't try like figuring out a cure or this or that. They're just there. And I think the biggest thing as he looks at me, yeah, you're just there, man. The biggest thing <laughs> for that is like just being there for, for someone, for them. Um, that's, that's a huge first step right there. And, um, I think too, at least I know with my anxiety, like sometimes I just like, I need to get out everything that's, that's in my head 
and I need to get it out with a way without it being like reflected back or like even like a solution. So like something um, I'll kind of say sometimes that a way that helps people know, like, cause no one's a mind reader. Cause I'll be like, I feel like I need to say something, but like, I don't need a solution. <laughs> and just saying that alone um, is like, okay, I don't need a solution. If I say like, I'm really anxious cause I have this, this and this and my house is dirty. It's not, oh, well, why don't you clean your house first? Like that's, like I already, boom, you gave me more anxiety. I'm like, I can't. So I think being there for someone and uh, even Milo's my uh, an emotional support animal. And I mean, he's just there. Uh, and you can be there for someone in so many different ways, whether it's checking in, proximity, um, being, definitely being there. I would agree a thousand percent. Having an just being there through whatever and not throwing it back. I think the worst thing for me is like, I'll turn to somebody. Cause I feel like for me, maybe not for you, um, reaching out or even letting someone know that you're struggling is really hard. hard. Yeah. Um, especially if they don't know already. So like if I go to the trouble to reach out to you or let you know I'm struggling, that was hard. And yeah. so for people, I've had people reach out, or reach back and say, oh, it's not a big deal, just get over it, or um, just don't think about having anxiety and you won't be anxious anymore, and yeah. those things, I will probably never reach out to you again. Yeah. It just no. makes, yeah, it just makes it that much worse to like downplay how I'm feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'll have, if I reach out to someone, especially for a new thing, I'll think about it for probably two days, and stress yeah. that long, and then, a lot of the times when I do reach out, actually, it's after the fact. Like, it's like, hey, I was really struggling with this months ago. And they're like, why didn't you say anything? And I'm like, I am now. <laughs> I'm trying. It was a process. <laughs> I had to stress about it for a really yeah. long time. And then it made me tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or are you the way, like, you read a text before you send it and you read it 300 times just to make sure? Absolutely. I'm like, I gotta look, I gotta look. <laughs> and then I send it. I'm like, did I really just say that? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I should have read it one more time. Yeah. And that's what I think too, even off that is like, I, that's what I've kind of learned is like a very, very, like you, like you need a, you need a strong team, but like, it's just it's like having a core group. That's always a part of my plan. And I have like a, a, a people I can count on my hand who are like, I know I can go to and reach out and even in that like like I said I'm big on knowing yourself is uh when you're in a bad bad there's many types of bad places there's not one bad place so I know if I'm in place A I'm like you know I feel like this person can really help me at this point if I'm in place B I'm like this person can really help me with that so um, I'm big on having a plan and, and just understanding how you know everyone relates to you yeah I love it absolutely um yeah just, yeah it's hard to find the right person yeah it is. Um, but being there, absolutely. So the person that was asking about how to help friends, I think the biggest thing is just be there because unless you're really close addressing it, a lot of times gets tongue tied and twisted. And um, yeah, it's just kind of tough to address verbally. But being there means so much more than you'll ever realize. That's for sure. Um, so somebody asked, how do you recommend you address issues with your parents? So I assume maybe they have anxiety and addressing it with their parents. Yeah. Um, that's a, 
that's tough. I like I I, I got um, just with the lottery I got. I felt my my parents were very open with it, so it's not necessarily have something um, where I have experience with it in. But <clears throat> something I think I have learned is like especially since I'm a people pleaser, is also much like think of which gives me more anxiety. So I'm like, how can I make everyone happy? And at the same time, like. Um, like I'll deny maybe stuff I have going on. So if you're struggling with anxiety with that, I think the first thing, and obviously um, not like you're going on a rampage with like a megaphone, like this is how I feel, or hey, maybe you do need that if you've been silenced for so long. But thinking through the whole time and just being like, this is what I need to get off my chest. And something that's helped me too is like, one, it helps other people take uh, what you're telling them. Um, is like I like you're when you talk about something that give, give you anxiety or someone you feel someone is contributing to that talk about how you feel and not necessarily what they're doing um, because the second you tell someone what they're doing they're going to become defensive with that and once again I'm saying like I understand myself I need to apply it more too so it's I'm not perfect and it's hard but it also helps me think um, put myself for, first with that so if you're going to address your parents or, or talk to them or whatever it might be with, I would just really think like, start with yourself and say where you're at, because someone can argue if you say, you're making me do this, but no one can argue if you say, hey, I feel hurt, like I'm hurt, um, I'm sad, I love you, and I feel like X and X. So that's kind of what I would say. Yeah, I th fantastic. I think the biggest thing for me, so, um, <clears throat> I actually did have to address it because like I said, I felt like it kind of, mine kind of rose and got kind of bad from 2016. And so around that area, when I started addressing it and realizing, you know what, I need to go to counseling and you know what, maybe it's not physical or what I'm eating. Like I actually do have anxiety. And when I came to terms with that myself and things that my family or friends were doing were making me anxious, um, the biggest thing was they would call me shady because I would sit things out and it was really hard for me to explain like I'm not sitting it out because I want to I'm sitting it out because it makes me anxious I have to yeah yeah because I have to and so it took me a lot of time to build up the courage to talk to my family about that and the first time I attempted it didn't go over very well it was like you know I kind of I feel kind of anxious and it was the, well, just don't stress about it. And you won't feel anxious. And I was like, okay, that doesn't help. And so I retraced, went back to my counselor, asked for advice on like, okay, how do I address this where someone who's not struggling would comprehend it? Yeah. And she gave me the perfect analogy, which would be different for other people. But the way I had explained mine, she gave me this analogy, which worked perfectly. And so when I went to my mom and I was like, hey, listen, I really feel like I'm having some anxiety. I've actually been going to counseling and she explained it like, pretend that you're on a boat and the boat is sinking. You don't have a life jacket and you know the boat's sinking, but you can't swim and you don't have a life jacket and you're just waiting for the boat to sink and it's sinking with you on it. And you know that it's, you're gonna die. You know, you're sinking. And my mom was just like, oh my gosh, I had no idea you felt that way. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. And so I feel like for me, that worked the best was to put it in like layman terms and be like, 
this is how it fe- might feel to you in those moments. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But so, obviously I feel like it's different for everyone. Yeah. Like I said, my first attempt at it wasn't the best because I mean, they're just like anybody else. Well, they don't struggle with this. So they didn't right. understand. They're like, well, just don't stress. It'll be fine. Yeah. Relax, you know, take, take a break. Like, <laughs> yeah, just stretch it out. It'll be fine. Rub some dirt in it. Take it out, baby. Like, let's go. <laughs> just, you know, it'll be fine. Drink some caffeine. Make it better. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. But yeah, when I came back with a picture that they can imagine themselves, I mean, the look on their face was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you struggle with that. I had no idea. Because I think part of it too, if you're, I would, I mean, I'm sure this can be wrong in a lot of situations, but I feel like for the most, if you're trying to make someone or have someone understand how you feel, it's because you know that they, you know, they love you and and they care for you. So I think remembering that like, okay, they can say the most insensitive possible thing that can, does not help at all, but they're trying to understand, like understand it some way. So. Sure. Absolutely. I'm going to have to definitely repost that and and tag you. Yeah. Even with the initial response, like it hurt my feelings and it was hard because it took so much. Talk about anxiety, like getting the nerve up, setting my pride aside to have that conversation and then for it to be shot down, like it's just stress and me to be like, nah, like (laughs) definitely not. It's different. Um, But in the end, like, Jess just said they are human and they're trying to understand and really that reaction is was her trying to make me feel better about it like it'll be fine just calm down right um so yeah that's that's kind of what helped for me so I love that your family is so supportive mine is now now that we've kind of had talks I've been able to communicate that better with the help of other people and friends kind of um showing me how to do that sometimes it's hard to communicate how you feel absolutely yeah, I would have never thought about that without my counselor at that time being like, this is what you should say. And I process externally too. So like a lot of times I'll start talking. I'm figuring it out as I'm talking and I'm like, I'll say something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's how it, and like it clicks then. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, that's what happened the other day. I was talking to a friend. They were asking a bunch of questions and I was like, huh, I was an anxious child. Imagine that. It took me to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to talk about it out loud. Right. These are perfect anxiety and stress reliever animals right here. I love her to death. I love your dogs. I hope they get to meet someday. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Thank you so right. much. This this was awesome. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much for joining. Yeah. This was so <laughs> fun. It was. Hey, what time is it there? Um, it's nine oh one here. Okay. okay. My, I'm a night owl, so I'm like, I'm hitting my uh, my second wind here. <laughs> Ready to go. I love it. All right. Well, well, Noah, we'll be in touch, and I hope you have a great evening. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. See you guys. Have a good night. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend Team Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. 
Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. If you're out there hustling to build a business or start a nonprofit, don't let your marketing add to your anxiety and stress. My friends at Silver Lake are local designers and developers who know what it's like to wake up early and stay up late working toward a dream. Silver Lake will take on your mission as their own and create awesome logos, websites, and packaging to help you get the clients that you really love. Head over to their website at silverlakestudio.com and book a free brainstorming session. I know they'd love to hear about your passion project. Well.